Welcome to Day Zero Update for April 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Daniel Victorio. And yeah, this is the final show of the month. Somehow oh, yeah. we made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, E3 is less than two months away. Yep. We barely know anything about what's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. We got one show, I think, that's been announced so far. Mm. That's happening. Uh, which we talked about last week, the uh, the Ubisoft Forward show. We have yep. a drop of news this week. Nothing substantial in any way, but you know that's still happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some dates here and such to check out. A couple of interesting games. One that had not hit the West yet, mm-hmm. uh, and a series that's. Probably should have based on how people like the others, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some Sony news here, including a big reversal on one of their big news stories of the past few weeks. Yeah, there is something interesting going on with the Epic Game Store, which mm-hmm. is pretty neat. Uh, let's see a couple of uh, milestones being hit by some games, and uh, interesting stat from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about, uh, as well as a couple of new things being teased and one major departure from a major uh, developer, publisher, whatever they are at this yeah. point. Uh, that's the the show. But before we get to that, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. I will start here. Uh, still been playing MLB The Show 21. Liking mm-hmm. it a lot, uh, at least when the servers let me. Uh, that's still been an issue as it seems like just the I hope it's that the game has been popular enough that the servers just kind of were not ready for that Mm -hmm. Uh, the devs have been talking on Twitter about I think they've been doing maintenance every night but still hasn't really gotten to that issue yet Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like they still have work to do and they were doing a double XP weekend this uh this weekend and basically said, you know what, for the foreseeable future, we will be keeping this going until we can get these server issues fixed. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least make, make things more worthwhile for people while they're waiting. Yeah. So hopefully they get that settled, Uh, but still enjoying the game. Looking a lot, uh, been doing a lot more of the, the diamond dynasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some of the the collection things, where you're basically just trying to collect all of the cards of a certain type. Uh, there's some uh, easy ways to kind of get some of that stuff if you are willing to put the time into the marketplace, to, uh, which you can. Basically, the way they present all that stuff, uh, you can just not buy the the item at the the price that those prices somebody's offering, unless you know it's a pretty good price. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put in a buy order if you know how Steam cards work. Mm-hmm. That sort of system where you put in like, here's what I would I want to buy with this thing at. Uh, which if it's a ridiculous like, I think people put in like ten stubs on some of these items. It's like you're never getting that unless mm-hmm. somebody hits the wrong button. Because when you go to buy or sell an item, the the first thing on the menu uh, that pops up is hey sell for this amount. Which is or buy for this amount the 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 top number that's on the list, which you want to make sure you don't mash the button there, or you're mm-hmm. gonna 
buy or sell something probably for less than you might want. Yeah. Uh, so you got to be careful of that, but you can put it like half of what the, the, the lowest price being offered is, and mm-hmm. you'll probably get somebody to buy it or sell it to you either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably don't want to sell it for half the, the lowest cost, but you know, you can put it like right around where the, the lowest thing is and it'll probably sell unless some of mm-hmm. there's a sharp drop in prices. So that's kind of a, a tip there. You can easily buy up a bunch of cheapo stuff mm-hmm. by not uh, dealing with the, the prices that people are actually paying. Yeah. That's a good tip right there. Uh, so, yeah, because some of the collections, they pay pretty well uh, for it's usually like tiers, like, you know, have 15 of these items and like 30, 45 and like all of them, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so you can kind of get through at least a few of those and it's, and sometimes they'll have packs tied to them as well. So you can get uh, more rewards out of it than just pure money, that kind of stuff. But uh, the collecting aspect is uh, pretty well done for the most part. Just these servers are kind of shaky enough that it makes that stuff take a little bit longer than it maybe should. Mm-hmm. So that's that game. Still enjoying it. It's going to be put more sort put more time into it. I've been playing a little bit on Xbox as well. And yeah, my analog pitching skills on the Xbox controllers are a good bit different because uh, the stick mm. just doesn't move the same way that the a DualSense uh, analog stick does. It's like the, the memory I have in that uh, physical memory is, uh, mm-hmm. has to be worked back up on Xbox there, but still works fine for the most part. All right. Uh, also been playing more Rocket League. I think we're in oh. like the third or fourth week of this, this season and still... Uh, dealing with a lot of challenges they're centered around the casual uh, multiplayer mode which mm-hmm. is fine but you know this is the the second season second or third season of this new format and it's like the casual people are not necessarily it doesn't need to be tied to casual mode as much for some of these uh missions mm-hmm. uh, like the one I had is like three wins which the ease of just quitting out and the game just continuing, you can just kind of get into points where you just have people popping in, seeing it, the score is not great and popping back out. And it's like, Oh, we have zero chance of winning at this rate, which is AIs mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so that's kind of the annoyance. They did put up a new car that is, I forget which brand it is like Lamborghini or something. Yeah. It's like 20 bucks for the, the pack. Mm. Uh, which is a bit much. And also, like a lot of the other licensed cars that have been in the game, uh, it is, you can't use any cosmetics on them. Mm-hmm. So you can't have them looking all real dumb. It's like, you guys survived the idea of putting cars into video games where they can get damaged. You guys can handle putting silly hats and shit on them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt your car. Uh, making them not be able to have that stuff is probably more damage to your brand. Yeah. Because most of these people playing this game are never going to own like a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not, that's not a reasonable thing to expect, mm. but still playing that, enjoying it. Uh, also been streaming ratchet and clank future tools of destruction. I did the second episode today earlier. Mm. Uh, still like in that the first episode I had a weird crash. That's uh was disappointing, but it was mm. during a frustrating sequence where I was just being very stupid. 
mm. uh, trying to take down this enemy that they tell you uses this one kind of weapon is kind of the weak, uh, the one that's best for it to take advantage of its weaknesses. But it's hard to get to it because there's a pool of water in front of it that is electrified. It's not necessarily easy to tell it's re- electrified. So mm-hmm. I stepped in that a couple times and I realized I should just get up on these walls on the next to it and just shoot it from above because it's not it's not a vertical uh, shooting weapon. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sprays uh, forward in a horizontal pattern. So yeah, that's kind of stuff that I got to remember. Uh, so this game, they kind of took away a couple things. The first person mode is gone, uh, which the uh, up your arsenal literally allows you to map that stuff to the weapon wheel for the different mm-hmm. viewing options, which is weird. Uh, it's the the closest thing. It has like a over the shoulder kind of mode that it pulls you mm-hmm. into real tight shot. Uh, but you can't throw your wrench from that mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the weird thing. So it's kind of just a I need a finer aim for the for the guns or whatever, but you can move around with it in that mode. So it's kind of neat in that sense. Uh, the only way to throw your wrench is kind of just do the weird crouch throw thing that's been in the other games as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but yeah, I got to the first sort of a battle arena section of the game. Did pretty well in that. Uh, the only mm. mission I failed on was this one. That's just like uh, beat all these enemies, but you only have the wrench. Uh, but mm. they occasionally throw out the the Grubatron out there to make them all dance like once per wave. So you got to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Okay, which enemies are the worst to fight with the the wrench? And you don't mm. have that much health at that point either. So might be something I come back to for that. But yeah, enjoying that a lot. Uh, the one other issue is that there's no brightness controls, so there's some areas that are just uh, really dark. Yeah. They haven't gotten to that point yet in game dev of letting you do the brightness stuff, at least mm-hmm. for Insomniac. I'm trying to figure it would have been in there at this point, but yeah. who knows. Uh, let's see, any other game I've been playing is Superland, which is on Game Pass and PC, and I forget what else, what other platforms it's on, but uh, it's like a first-person action-adventure kind of game. You're going mm-hmm. around. It's partly making fun of video game tropes, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're making jokes about you know finding stuff hidden in the game and all these other kind of weird jokes mm-hmm. in there. Uh, but you're kind of like a toy in a sandbox that you can kind of see uh, the bigger world stuff going on around you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're kind of going around as part of the the red guys, and you hit the blue guys, and you want to go over to their base and break things and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, story is not its strong suit, uh, but the action works pretty well as you're kind of going around beating up enemies, getting money that you can go take back to your shop to buy things like a double jump, like a triple jumps on there. Uh, as an upgrade, I'll eventually get you know faster running speed. Uh, being able to carry more money because you got a limit on that. So you're kind of picking up coins uh, for that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it'll just limit you until you get the ability to buy the upgrade for that stuff. So there's some of that there. That's pretty neat. And it's kind of neat to explore the environments and find all the little hidden areas and such. 
Um, mm. And there's like usually crates in them or treasure chests. They give you extra bonuses like, hey, here's, you know, a plus 5% chance on your crit, mm. uh, that kind of stuff. Or maybe you get a bunch of money that just pops out. And mm-hmm. it doesn't like, doesn't, uh, you know, just fly to you. It just sits there on the ground as it's just shot all over the place. You just got to go run into it and pick it up, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty neat for what it is. I put some more time into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Has a decent look to it and all that. So definitely worth checking out. Mm. But uh, that has been it for me. Brandon, what about you? Uh, yeah, well, I finished Disco Elysium. I finished my playthrough, and I finished uh, my Disco my review. And uh, it should be up on Smashpad in the next couple days. Um, suffice it to say that I absolutely loved that game and am, had a really hard time trying to uh, – write it down in a form of a review that didn't completely give everything away because a bunch of the fun of that game is discovering things on your own. But yeah. um, other than that, uh, I went to GameStop Friday and I got me a copy of Near Replicant, which is the uh, remake slash remaster of the original Near that came out in, I believe, either 2011 or 2012. Um, so... Yes, this is the game that preceded um, Near Automata. And the stories are, the games and their stories are linked together, but in a kind of esoteric way. Um, if you've played Near Automata all the way through the end, you'll find the connection. Um, but um, so the original Near. When it came out, there were actually two versions that were made. Um, there was the one that was released in Japan, and there was the one that was released in the U.S. And in that one, in those both of those games, your main character, the difference was their design. In the Japanese version, you're playing a sort of svelte, be-shonen young man, uh, who is the older brother to this girl named Yona. In the Western version, you play a gruff, grizzled, middle-aged gentleman who is the father to a little girl named Yona. Um, Exactly why they decided to make two different versions is largely due to the marketing um, and cultural differences. Uh, Father figures tend to be kind of distant in Japanese culture, so it's usually siblings that are really close. Whereas, you know, in Western culture, uh, fathers are expected to be a lot more involved in their, in their children's lives. So, obviously, he's, you know, they, they decided that it would be more emotionally effective as a father figure. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's, they've essentially taken the original... Um, the original, they've, ta- they've more or less taken the combat mechanics from Near Automata and have sort of adapted them to the original Near with some light changes to make it closer to the uh, combat as it was originally designed for the original Near. Except that unlike in the original Near, the combat here actually feels good and <laughs> doesn't feel clunky or abrasive at all um 
that was pretty much the original issue most people had with the original Nier was the writing was good, the world design was great, but the actual gameplay was mediocre. Um, not this time. Uh, the combat is absolutely amazing. And as for the actual story itself, um, much like with Nier Automata, this is one of those games, or really any Yoko Taro uh, joint that's been done, because he's literally, this is something he's done since Drakengard. This is one of those games where you have to play through it multiple times to get through the whole story. And if you remember in Near Automata, after you get through the first part of the game, you then switch over to uh, finish, you know, 2B's part of the game. You then start playing as 9S during the second playthrough. Um, something kind of like that happens during your second playthrough with Near. I haven't gotten that far yet, but... I'm kind of familiar with sort of what happens, but let me just put it this way. Um, back in the day when people were trying to sort of describe what Nier was, they would basically say that it was the JRPG equivalent of Spec Ops The Line. And I'm just going to leave it there <laughs> um, without spoiling everything. Gameplay-wise, much as with Nier Automata, it tends to sort because the you know the camera angles, it'll essentially switch to different types of gameplay. Uh, a lot of the times it's an action RPG, then the camera angle will change, and suddenly it'll be a platformer, uh, then it'll change again, and it'll be a uh, like a twin-stick shooter. Um, and there are even points where it basically turns into like a text game or a visual novel. Um, it, it's really good at sort of switching around what your expectations on what an action RPG is supposed to be like. Basically like Nier Automata. So if you've played Nier Automata, bits and pieces of this game will probably feel a little more familiar, um, mostly because Nier kind of started a lot of the tropes that Nier Automata would perfect. But I'm definitely having fun playing this. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's basically what I've been doing. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I've uh, finally reached the final part of um, Privy Default 2. <clears throat> so the, ah. other day, uh, the other day I rolled credits. But when you roll credits, uh, when you start with what, what you believe is New Game Plus, um, mm. the ending kind of continues, and you pretty much ju- just go through like the first bad ending. And then you end up going to another chapter. So I did that chapter, and then the credits rolled again. And I mm. was like, okay. Um, I don't know what to do now, so I'm going to go ahead and look up an FAQ on how mm-hmm. this is done. And in order to get the final, final chapter, you have to um, you have to unlock all the asterisks, which is all the jobs. And two of them are um, two of them are are um, optional. Um, one's a side quest, and then the other has to deal with the uh, the card game in the game. And I'm not really a fan of those in RPGs, so I skipped it. Mm-hmm. But I went ahead and did it because it only took about 20 minutes. And I was over-leveled, so it was pretty easy. So yeah, I got those. I unlocked all the jobs, and I still didn't know how to get the final chapter. And it turns out, um, when you save the game, some random icon appears in the bottom left hand of the screen, and I never noticed it. And I only noticed it because I had to look up a YouTube video. And it's funny, because like when you do finally notice it, um, there's also like some sort of staticky sound in the... Um, it, uh, on the game sound and like you, you, you really have no idea it's there because like, you know, when I, when I save the game 
it's for the purpose of you know saving it and turning it off. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really look at the entire screen when I do that. So yeah, I did that, and now I'm pretty sure I'm on the final final part. So I'll I'll, I'll get through with that soon. I'm about 45 hours in. Um, I'm told this next part is pretty short, depending on how long it takes to beat the boss. So yeah, I think I have a few hours left, and I'll go. I'll I'll be done with it. Um, I've already started the review, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting run to write because um, as much as I like it, like as you guys know, I've I've been struggling with this game for the past month and a half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <clears throat> uh, I've also been playing uh, this game called Tools Up. I uh, talked a little bit about it last week. It's sort of an alternative to. Um, to overcooked it has the same sort of art style but instead of cooking uh, you know instead of like uh cooking as fast as you can you're um doing some home improvement stuff so you're painting walls you're laying down tiles hardwood things of that nature and um yeah it, it, it's a multiplayer couch co-op game and you basically have to work together to make sure that you do these as fast as possible so you can get more stars mm-hmm. and yeah me and my brother actually just sat down the past uh day and a half and uh finished it we have like two more levels to recomplete in order to get the platinum and i'll go ahead and get started with the dlc which is what we got the code in the first place for uh the problem was when i redeemed it i did not see the dlc and now that i see it there i have to pay five bucks for it so i have to talk to uh the dudes over at terminals to see if there was anything wrong with my code but um Mm. yeah that's been about it I'm, i'm i'm just waiting for um pokemon snap and uh returnal so these are good games to uh pretty much um Get me ready for that. Um, I'm still playing some Monster Hunter, but I don't really have much new and new to say about any of that. So that's pretty much it. All right, let's get to the news. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft announced they were doing this a few months ago when they tried to double the price of Xbox Live Gold, and people, you know, told them to fuck off with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they finally removed the Xbox Live Gold restrictions. Mm-hmm. That made it so that free to play games required paying them to play. Mm-hmm. Now you could just play them without gold. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Today, which is great. Great. Mm-hmm. People can actually play uh, these games for free, which I've already seen a Call of Duty email. It's like, hey, you can play Warzone for free on Xbox now. Mm-hmm. You know, as if they needed any help on that front, but uh, which they. It was one of the games I just recently downloaded on my Series S. They rewarded me with a ninety or eighty-nine gig update for it. Mm. So that's going <laughs> well. Uh, I think also part of this there is the. I think parties are now no longer requiring gold, mm-hmm. and I think the looking for group thing. I forget it doesn't. I don't think it mentions here what else is changing on the the feature front for that stuff. They do have a list of games here that you can check out now, though some of them were free-free, like Yaris or Crackdown 1 and 2. Some of that kind of stuff. Because I don't... I guess if you wanted to play with friends on Crackdown, it still required gold. So maybe mm-hmm. that's completely free now. Yeah. But also they... I guess on the... Xbox Wire page. Mm-hmm. They removed a few games that they just listed because they were free to play, but didn't actually have multiplayer in them. So there's no point trying to do that. Because in Gems of War, I know that you play other people's, uh, like they make a lineup of uh, 
cards or whatever that you're facing off against. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't actually face them, so you're just facing like an AI. But yeah, that's uh, that's good. People can actually yeah. play that stuff without needing to pay up money first. Mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise, it's basically false advertising, isn't it? Uh, I mean, they're free to download. Mm. That's like the, the like the, the Nintendo way is like, oh, it's free to start. Mm. Gotta give us money at some point. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it, it's a slippery slope. I mean, like last right. generation, more than any, like made it assumed that you'd have to pay for the online service anyway. But, mm. you know, seeing as how these games are free to play, you know, they, they don't actually make any money if you like just download them. You have to actually play them and get involved. So. So there's that. So it's pretty easy to see why they did this. <clears throat> Not to mention, you know, it's, it's it's definitely a pro-consumer, even though there's a means to an end here. But um, yeah, it's about time. I mean, like this, the Switch, like um, let let, let you play game games like Fortnite and um, uh, Minecraft without needing a subscription. So it's about time uh, Xbox followed suit. Yeah, yeah, they do mention the FAQ. It's looking for group and party that is. Uh, now also not requiring gold mm. so you can party up with people without having to have gold so that's good mm-hmm. so yeah that is uh that is available now you can go play those games and play with other people without giving up money first mm-hmm. yeah all right uh let's get to something that's coming out here one month from now mm-hmm. is capcom arcade stadium uh it's released on the switch earlier this year and it's now coming to the PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Mm. So you can get the similar kind of collection uh, of various arcade games they've made over the years. Uh, let's see. I think it's it says 15 bucks for each of the 10 packs, or you pay 40 bucks for the whole, all three packs. So you save a little bit of money there. I don't know if they're going to give out any games for free like they did. With the launch on Switch, uh, 1943 is the one that's kind of free by default. But I think they gave out Ghouls and Ghosts for free, I think, because the other game was coming out then mm-hmm. on the Switch. So no details on that yet, but uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, so right. Also coming out in the near future in June. Mm-hmm. I like there's an actual date on this yet, because they're probably just going to do you know, early testing and just yeah. like, oh, it's out. Uh, but it's Fantasy Star Online 2, New Genesis. All right. Sort of big upgrade mm-hmm. of the base game. Yeah. That looks quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like an old uh, PC game. Awesome. Yeah. So they've been doing like closed beta tests, uh, some stuff here and there for people mm. that have been playing it a bunch. Might be in the Xbox Insider program, that kind of stuff. Uh, so you can kind of check that out. They'll probably be doing some more stuff here leading up to launch. So that'll be good. And I guess in Japan, it's finally releasing on the PS4, at PC. Uh, it's already on PC, but Switch as well, this new version. So I assume that'll hit PS4 in the West at some point, but. Uh, at least for the time being, it's pretty much Xbox or PC exclusive here in the West. So it'll be fun to see how people take to that. Yeah. Um, I know Pat's definitely going to be happy. Yeah, Pat and Teresa. And Lee. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun to see. 
Yeah, for uh, me, this could be my um, jumping in point. I haven't played yeah. any of the other PSOs, so uh, I look forward to uh, seeing how this goes. Yeah, it, if you've played you know, the Monster Hunter, this game is very much what that game was built on. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the core concepts, just more shooting than melee stuff. Mm. Uh, but that same kind of, you know, go out with a party of four, uh, take out monsters, usually be a big monster you take out. Mm-hmm. It's tougher, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you're hoping for drops that let you build better gear. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, a lot of the kind of same ideas there. Just uh, a bit more of an MMO bent mm. to it than, you know, sort of a local game. But yeah, right. that is... Uh, that's good to see. Uh, coming out July 27th, for the first time in the West, Capcom announced The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, mm-hmm. bringing two of these games that's released only on uh, 3DS in Japan. Yeah. I guess also mobile devices, mm-hmm. but just stayed in Japan, never made the jump. Yep. Uh, it's basically a. Uh... It's basically like a big prequel to the Ace Attorney series. You're, it's you're basically playing, uh, you know, Ace, you know, his ancestor, and it's sort of a whole, you know, Sherlock and Watson type thing. Yeah, uh, taking a place around the turn of the century in the Meiji era, like that, basically. Yeah, I'm a huge um. Ace Attorney fan. Um, I was yeah. disappointed when uh, this game never came to the West, and I pretty much took the longest break from it because, you know, we haven't had a game that's come out. And, you know, back then, when they kept coming out on um, DS, like yeah. these were, these and Uncharted were the only games that I, I'd make time to play because I, I was still in college. And yeah, yeah I, I had a lot of fun playing them, and I look forward to this one when it comes out. Um, I did notice, though, that it'll only be out physically on Switch, but it's also yeah. coming to PS4. Yeah. So yeah. That's kind of awkward because I want to get it on PS4 just so I can get the trophies, but I also want to show my support for Capcom by buying the uh, physical version. So I'll definitely be uh, double dipping here. But yeah. um, honestly, I have I have no qualms with helping out Capcom because Capcom has been on a fire this last generation and a half with mm-hmm. with their games, and I'm I'm happy um, it's turning its back. So yeah, yeah. I uh, am still waiting for them to uh, bring the uh, other Ace Attorney games to. Uh, the modern consoles because they did the Ace Attorney trilogy and kind of ended it there. Yeah, they had the, the Miles Edgeworth uh, Perfect Prosecutor games as well as the other two games that were on DS or 3DS but were not actually um, uh, sold physically. I know you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of those were good too. Um, they, they they probably don't really hold a candle to that original trilogy but they, they were still good and funny nonetheless and like we play these because it's they're just hilarious. So, They're hilarious, and the writing's genuinely good. Definitely. Uh, yeah. The one thing that, that that does suck, and this is just me complaining, is that it comes out the same day as uh, The World Ends, ends With You, Neo. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a pretty busy day there. Yeah. I always thought that there's this weird charm with the Western versions of those games because, because for whatever reason, when they decided to like uh, localize them, they changed like pretty much the entire context of the series from being, you know, a Japanese game that takes place in Japan into a 
Japanese game that takes place in America where apparently Japanese culture became so dominant that it basically changed their entire judicial system. <laughs> yeah. And, um, like it makes no goddamn sense, but a yeah. lot of jokes don't translate. And then they have the word turnabout, which isn't even a thing in America. So I noticed that like, if you watch the trailer for this game, everything is called the case of the blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> One thing I noticed in this article is, the main character befriends a person named Herlock Sholmes. Yeah, that was also yeah. a problem. I think he's, he was actually Sherlock Holmes in the Japanese version, so that, that, that's the way yeah. to get around the uh, trademark. Yeah, the, the weird trademark with uh, the um, Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, estate is weird um, yeah. because it's, it's very spotty depending on what part of the world you're in. And it doesn't... Doesn't make sense when the when his assistant is uh, Watson's daughter. Yeah, um, <laughs> is her name all that different? Is it just the name Sherlock Holmes? I don't. I don't see. Get the it, weird but... thing is Sherlock Holmes. Like the books are actually like in the public domain, but yeah. the character is like it. it, it it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, like Castlevania has Dracula somehow, so I don't, I don't know how all that works. Oh, that's yeah. because Dracula has been in the public domain for decades. Gotcha. Yeah, I think the 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 original Dracula book was like in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, before there was really copyright stuff to worry about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems like if uh, let's see, it says it'll be out July twenty seventh for PS four, Switch, and PC. They also have a collection of all of the the games they released so far. Ace Attorney Turnabout Collection, uh, at least the ones they put on the those consoles. Uh, if you purchase the from the Vaults DLC early, it also includes. It's also included the Turnabout Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's also included in the Turnabout Collection. You get extra goodies, such as art portraits and all new arrangements mm. for the soundtrack. All right. Interesting stuff there. So yeah, that's that's that game. Be able to check it out for the first mm-hmm. time in a legal manner in the West. Yeah. Also hitting later this year on September 10th is Tales of Arise. Uh coming mm-hmm. to all the PlayStations, PS5, PS4, yep. all the Xboxes, and PC. Yep. Yeah, see, this one's interesting because I haven't been a fan or finished any Tales game since Symphonia because I just find the dialogue and a lot of the stories to be in that series to be extremely childish, especially compared to a lot of the Japanese RPGs we have now. But this one looks a whole lot different. Um, you can totally see that they're actually taking advantage of the next-gen hardware. So, I don't know. This one is actually something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. It only seems childish because you didn't get that far in the game. I mean, yeah, but, you know, it, it, they, they've also been, like, for, 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 for lack of a better term, they've, they, they've really lacked variety, and they, they, they were on their annual phase for quite a while. But, yeah, um, you know, I can only give a game so many hours before I decide it's not really, no, not really worth my time. But, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it, here's, here's the thing about the Tales games that's always been the sort of the appeal to them. It's that on the surface, yes, they are very tropey, even generic-looking JRPGs. For the first half, 
And then right in the middle of them, something happens and it turns the entire story on its head. And then it spends the rest of the game basically ruthlessly tearing every single trope to absolute pieces that it can get its hands on. Um, actively deconstructing its own story and the whole genre itself. That's the appeal. Also, the character designs are good, too, I guess. But yeah, this uh, this current uh, Tales game, yeah, it, it does look good. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that turns out here later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to the rest of the news, the non-release date news, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part here. Uh, so yeah, the the big news out of Sony the past few weeks was that the PlayStation Store on the PS3 and Vita were going to be shutting down here over the course mm-hmm. of the summer. Uh, and they announced earlier this week that, uh, yeah, no, they're not. Yeah. Got to backtrack on that uh, and mm-hmm. keep them out uh, uh, for a while longer. No real like guarantee it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but uh, it seems like the PSP commerce functionality is still going to be shutting down on July 2nd, which I found out exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. So the PS Store on the PSP has been shut down for quite a few years, mm-hmm. but you could still kind of go in and search for games by hand mm-hmm. if you wanted to purchase them. There's just no proper storefront for that stuff. Uh, so you can just buy them that way, and that seems like that's going to be going down as a result, mm-hmm. as well as I think any sort of DLC that was in game kind of thing as well is also going to be uh, non-functional, mm-hmm. which I would hope at this point you've bought all the DLC you want for the games you have. Mm-hmm. So that is that. Uh, but yeah, good that they're going to keep this going as it seems like people definitely had strong opinions about wanting that to keep being available for the future. Uh, part of me wants to think this was kind of the long game that they intentionally put it out that they were thinking of shutting it down just to find out what the demand for it still was. I don't really, I don't really think it's it's really the long game. I think they had every intention of shutting it down, or at least Jim Ryan did. And then mm-hmm. when they made the announcement, they saw a spike in revenue, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, maybe we should keep this up." Mm. Yeah, I don't, because it didn't exactly get like great reception. I don't know why you would tank your own uh, like feedback of everything to yeah. kind of be all about this uh, rather than, you know, the games you got coming out, all that kind of the good stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Why you would necessarily tank the goodwill about that stuff with this mm. uh, just to make a few bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think maybe that's not necessarily the best way. Like, yeah, they're probably looking to shut it down because it didn't seem like it was getting as much traffic Mm -hmm. or there was much attention for it out there and kind of doom themselves to bring in lots of attention to it Mm -hmm. in a way that kind of forces them to keep it up for the foreseeable future. The main thing that um, I'm kind of concerned about with this happening is like, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. It's definitely a good decision, but like, you know, now that they've definitely reversed course, it makes you wonder, you know, how much longer before they make the same announcement again when they see that the traffic has died down again. Because, like, like, like I said, like they, they definitely saw a spike in revenue as soon as they said that, you know, the PS3 and Vita stores were closing down. But, you know, by, 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 by changing it, you know, eventually it'll die down again. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're a part of these meetings talking about, you know, what's, what, what's worth it and what's not, and, you, and you, you see, like, you know, the zeros compared to what you see on every other store, it becomes a different story. But, you know, it's definitely a good decision. Um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's worth praising Jim Ryan over, but, again, it's, it's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of ensures that they'll at least dedicate some people to maintaining those storefronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the time being, and seeing if there's maybe some way to, uh, I don't know, maybe upgrade them in a way that makes them easier to keep going. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, that would be uh, good for the people that still haven't jumped onto these platforms and bought stuff because I know there's still beta games coming out. One mm-hmm. just released that is a, a sequel to the Aqua Kitty game. Called mm-hmm. Astro Aqua Kitty, so it's very space focused, all that kind of stuff. So there's still games coming out there, and I think there were devs that had just gotten dev kits shortly before the announcement was made, mm-hmm. so that they were kind of left in a weird place of trying to release games on a platform that wasn't going to be available when they'd probably mm-hmm. get it done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. Good news. Yeah, ultimately. Uh, the other Sony news here, they announced a publishing partnership with Firewalk Studios for mm-hmm. a new original multiplayer IP. Uh, Firewalk Studios, for those that don't know who they are, uh, made up of mostly former Destiny devs. I think mm-hmm. the original Destiny. The game director for this new title was the creative director on Destiny. Mm-hmm. Other executive producer was a producer on, let's see, Guitar Hero 2, Bioshock Infinite, and various Destiny games. Uh, Same, it also got people that worked on stuff like Mass Effect and Apex Legends. Uh, Yeah, so, and the the guy that's writing this article, the studio head, also worked on Call Mm -hmm. of Duty and Destiny, so uh, plenty of talent there for uh, multiplayer games and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, Sony wants to invest in you know multiplayer games, and it seems like a pretty good way to get get that going. Yeah, have uh, some people that made uh, some particularly good multiplayer games, kind of keep working on them in their new form. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the see, I'm not sure if there's any more details on the game itself here, but yeah, that uh, that'd be exciting to see what this turns out to be. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll All see right. what it turns into because yeah. uh, gonna be fascinating. Yep, uh, there was a bit of Sony news here that kind of leaked early. Uh, Sony's kind of always trying to find new ways of adding mm-hmm. value to PlayStation Plus, and this is the PlayStation Plus Video Pass. I think mm. uh, some aspects of it leaked onto their website out in the public that uh, people found and Sony kind of owned up to it, said, yep, this is a thing that we are working on, but it's not something that's ready to launch just yet. They are kind of putting it out in a sort of a test market in Poland. Mm. Saying we know very well that we have a large base of players in Poland who stand out to their commitment and activity in the network and social media. Mm. Uh, Of course, I cannot share the exact data on the basis of which we chose Poland. However, we're going to emphasize that Poland meets all the criteria that are important to us. Your country is a mixture of very important factors from this perspective. Mm-hmm. 
And it seems like this is kind of a uh, smallish kind of streaming uh, thing that you can kind of watch some of Sony's movies. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that were mentioned on the page were Bloodshot, the Vin Diesel movie, mm-hmm. Venom, you know, the big Sony Spider-Man spinoff, and Zombieland Double Tap uh, there. So mm. kind of following on the, the heels of them kind of shutting down their TV and movie service, the PlayStation mm. Store, that didn't quite seem to do as well as they would have hoped. But yeah, just kind of offering mm. like a bonus set of movies that you could stream. Mm. Uh, seems like a neat way to kind of flip that into something that might be a bit better towards the way that people consume movies at this point. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, no idea when when this thing's going to happen in the the wide scale, but at least for the time being, it's going to be testing out in Poland for the time being. Mm-hmm. I've always found it interesting how like. A lot of companies, you know, even the ones I work for included, like how, how they decided to go ahead and test certain features and uh, premium options in, in, in other territories. Like, um, is, 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 is there a lack of movies in Poland? Is, is, is that why they want to test it there? I'm not sure. But mm. seeing as how like their, their previous forays into getting people to watch or buy videos using their own in-house service has, has failed, I don't really see this gaining much ground. But I guess it's interesting to see. I just don't see. I don't. I just don't really know how this would be useful to them. Mm. I can imagine it's maybe more just keeping people on their platform. Probably uh, things they can do beyond just like log into your Netflix or your Disney Plus app or whatever. Here's like, oh, here's here's a movie you could watch instead of you know going over to you know an Apple TV or to your TV's own services or whatever. That's true, but Sony also makes their own smart TVs. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Not everybody has a Sony TV, so... Yeah. This is something that's maybe more centralized away from that stuff. Uh, So it's not necessarily just depending on what TV you have, but, you know, you have uh, PS4 or PS5. Mm -hmm. You can check that out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of leverages their their movie library, which they have been doing of late, signing a bunch of deals with Netflix and Disney to get paid for, you know, how long they can access that stuff. Mm. Uh, this seems like another way to leverage their the huge amount of people they have on PlayStation Plus to kind of get them into their films as well. Mm. So that seems neat. Yeah. Something neat. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see how and where and what you get access to at some point if it ends up working out well for them. All right. But uh, let's get to something else. that's also kind of nebulous square Enix. Yeah. They are going to also be a part of E3 2021. Okay. Uh, Saying, let's see. uh, To Nikkei. Let's see there. Let's see. Outriders, which was previously delayed is out April 1st, 2021, followed by near replicants. In April, then there's Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, which is due out in June. As for mm-hmm. our lineup beyond that, we'll be making we'll make more announcements in the future, including mm-hmm. at E3 in June. So please look forward to it. Yep. Uh, so that's the them yeah. seeming to confirm they're going to have some sort of announcements there, whether they just piggyback off of you know press conferences that are happening there mm-hmm. from you know Nintendo, Microsoft, or whoever. Uh, 
that probably seems pretty likely. Mm. Yeah, um, my guess here would be um, sort of stream. They'll probably do a Square Enix presents during the, during the time of E3. Um, yeah. The last one they did for I don't know whether it was spring or something like that was pretty good, and they definitely have a platform to show off what they have because like as we know like Square Enix isn't just about the JRPGs anymore. You know they have Route Riders, they have Life is Strange, they have. Uh, uh, Avengers, they're, 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 there's a lot there, and you know it's definitely good to have their quarterly update, and hopefully their E3 one would be significantly bigger. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. have some things to talk about. Uh, we'll have to kind of see what how this all shakes out. Still, we don't, really don't know much about what E3 is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said before, there's one show that's scheduled right now, mm-hmm. and that's it. Something that's happening in less than basically just over a month from now. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what it is they're actually going to have to show. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine we'll get probably a new trailer on Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Integrate will have been out by now by then i think i'm not sure around then uh that's that's like june 20th something like that i think april no that's the first version uh but yeah that is uh uh, june 10th integrate Uh, that week that same week so yeah so they'll they'll probably still talk about it just to raise the i have like a launch trailer yeah, like go oh, buy it now. Give us, give us more money, people. Uh, so yeah, that'll be there. What else they got? Oh, I assume new Avengers news. Mm, Whenever the probably, I mean, stuff is releasing. I mean, they got to do something to keep to keep getting some money in for that thing because uh, otherwise, it's basically a dud. Yeah, I don't think they've announced when the Wakanda stuff is coming out yet, so that would be a big announcement there. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some stuff to talk about. We'll probably have to gather together what more is going to happen at E3 uh, as we approach it. But for now, we will move on to the next story here. Mm -hmm. Where the Epic Games Store has kind of done something pretty interesting. They've been adding some app stuff here. And there, I think Spotify is on there already. Mm-hmm. So if you want to listen uh, to that without, I don't know, downloading it separately, go onto a website. You can just download mm-hmm. it through the Epic Game Store to launch from there. Uh, they've mm-hmm. announced a new suite of apps that are coming to the platform. Like might already be available. But uh, one of them is the itch.io app. Mm-hmm. The sort of... Uh, super indie game store uh, full of a lot of prototype stuff devs work on. They put up for free as well as a number of notable indie games that uh, also release there alongside steam and all the other places. Mm. Uh, very interesting thing that they're doing. And I've seen the guy that runs itch was basically tweeting about this being like, yeah, they uh, asked if they were interested. I was like, yeah, sure. That can hurt. Uh, and he's suspected it was part of the the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So like, see, we can support stuff outside of our own storefront, uh, kind of thing. 
I think along with the itch, there's iHeartRadio, the music radio app mm-hmm. that is on there. Brave, the open source web browser. There's KenShape, an app that generates 3D models based on 2D pixel art. Mm-hmm. And Krita, a digital painting application. You just create illustrations, mm-hmm. comics, animations, and more. So it's, and I guess they have some stuff coming in the future like Discord and their own social network app, House Party. So they seem like they're very much going in the direction of like, see, we're not that uh, discerning about what we put on here. Mm. Uh, we'll put we'll put competing app stores on here. Yeah. As much as that, it's a thing that sells stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're not really competing on the same types of games they're selling. No. But it puts more people in the position to check that uh that ecosystem out that's always good for niche. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's uh interesting stuff they're adding to the to the Epic Games store. Mm. All right, awesome. Yep. So let's talk about a couple of games that have been selling pretty well. Okay. Uh, Takes two that launched about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a month exactly tomorrow, Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh but it has surpassed one million sales. Yeah. Uh, pretty well good. done. Mm-hmm. Well deserved. I mean, you guys know how much I love that game. Game of the year mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Yeah, so that game has done pretty well for itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. The next one, Spiritfarer, has hit 500,000. Mm-hmm. And they put out the first of their three big updates for this year. Mm. It's called Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it adds a new character that is called Lily. It's mm. like a Butterfly spirits is like a, a being made of purple butterflies mm. uh, that kind of has uh, a means of telling more of the main character's story, Stella, mm. uh, as well as adding some local co-op play improvements and bugs fixes and all that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, just kind of adding some more stuff to help celebrate the success of the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can awesome. kind of... Check out the trailer for the the update there in the article. Okay. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about another game that had uh, interesting sales for the past year, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. <laughs> they had their earnings call earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned that they had sold 13.7 million copies of that game. Yep. Uh, then uh, people obviously figured out that, yeah, this game isn't quite exactly finished. as uh, polished as we were expecting. Not polished. It's not finished. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. Uh, that's, yeah, then they uh, did this whole thing of refund. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, just telling you to go harass Sony and Microsoft to do it through their systems until mm-hmm. they realized, like, that's not a great idea to do to our partners. No. Uh, and started, uh, doing it more uh, hands-on approach. Mm-hmm. And apparently they only issued 30,000 refunds. At least according yeah. to their numbers. Yeah. I don't know if that it's, it's if your, they necessarily an idea of how much it goes through all the other platforms it goes through mm-hmm. uh, or whatnot, if they're only counting a certain amount of the way versus just the people that do it through the automatic Steam stuff or whatever. But that's kind of surprising how few it is. Yeah. Um, assuming... Uh, these are all standard edition, which they, they, they probably aren't. 
then you're looking at uh, $1.8 million in refunds. So mm-hmm. their profits totally dwarf these. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they said it was about $2.17 million uh, in mm-hmm. refunds. Yep, not even close. Which, yeah, which is nothing compared to the $560 million that they took in in 2020. Yep. And yeah, they have uh, said 95% of these refunds have already been processed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the 5% left is still kind of the, the most difficult part, as they say. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's people from all over the world, different you know, banking systems and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they, say, they ask for people to be patient on that stuff. But yeah, I'd imagine a lot of stuff, a lot of the refunds that happened were probably just taking it back to the store mm-hmm. and whatnot. Or just trading it at GameStop and just getting it out of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which wouldn't necessarily show up in in this sort of count. Mm. But yeah, there's a thing there for you. Uh, let's get on to the next bit of news here. So, Judgment is now out on the new consoles, mm. as well as I think Stadia for which one of the weird games where it doesn't have a free upgrade. So, people that bought it on, uh, you know, PS4, or PC for like 20 bucks, mm. uh, Maybe not the well, PC people are probably fine, but the, the PS4 people probably not exactly happy about that. Mm. <laughs> uh, with the new upgrade that seems to be pretty good uh, for what it is. But uh, along with that, they uh, put a countdown website up for Judgment Day mm. on the Ryugagotoku website that says they will have something to announce in just over 11 and a half days of this point, May f- mm-hmm. 7th, 7 a.m. Pacific, uh, and Pacific, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Something's going to happen. It's going to be, a obviously a Terminator crossover. Mm-hmm. Going to join the, uh, Yakuza verse there. Yeah. Uh, but something's going to happen. Something's going to be announced. I assume it's going to be some sort of sequel to judgment. Yeah, probably. Or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. All okay, right. let's get to the next thing that's been kind of announced. The the mm-hmm. new game from Extremely OK Games, makers of Celeste and Towerfall. Yeah. Announced their next game, Earthblade. But yeah. not really in a normal way. No. They kind of they... announced it as like a vibe reveal. Yeah. So kind of sharing some artwork as well as a mm. song from uh lena rain mm-hmm. uh, so you can kind of listen to that on uh the soundcloud there mm. as well as looking at the art they've released and kind of get the vibes for it uh yeah maddie torson said basically i can see the whole thing in my head not perfectly mind you most of the details are still pretty blurry in my mental image I'm sure a lot will change along the way, but I can see the general shape of it, and I feel really good about where it's going. Mm. So, you know, you can kind of uh, check it out, get the the vibe of what they're working on, which is probably not too dissimilar from their previous works. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they describe this as like a 2D explorer action game. So Metroid, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to be like, it's a Metroidvania. Yeah, like, that makes any sense. 
to normal people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about this. Celeste was a great game. Mm-hmm. Had some really good story stuff to it and all that. So oh yeah, you can check that out and patiently wait for whenever it actually hits, which might be a while. But oh yeah, yeah. They release their the release window that they list is 20xx. Yeah, <laughs> just to you know what's what to expect there. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, that'll be uh fun to see how that develops. Mm-hmm. Uh, what maybe isn't fun is our final story here. The director of Overwatch, Jeff Kaplan, is leaving Blizzard. Yeah. After Twenty years with the company, being mm-hmm. kind of the big face of the Overwatch brand. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch still Overwatch Two is still you know in development and all that, mm-hmm. just kind of moving along as they mm-hmm. figure out whatever they're going to do with that. Yeah, but uh, it's not going to include Jeff Kaplan in their plans anymore. No, and uh, yeah, it, it's I don't know if this is a good sign, if this is a bad sign or not. Um, on the one hand, I mean, you've been working at the same company for like 20 plus years. Obviously, you're going to want to retire at some point. And, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of the big names that are have been leaving Blizzard, I mean, they've been there since uh, it was just Blizzard, not Activision Blizzard. Um, they were there when, I mean, there a lot of them were there, um, you know, back when they were still putting out like Lost Vikings, you know. In the first Warcraft. So they've been there a while. But, you know, the fact that all of them are sort of leaving in this, like, cluster kind of... It it doesn't look good. Then again, you know, some people might just be seeing patterns that aren't there. For me in particular, like, um, I was never, like, the hugest Blizzard fan. But um, I definitely was uh, an avid community member with Overwatch. And Kaplan was, like... Uh, the only name that really struck a chord with me. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like you mentioned, like there's been a lot of people that worked for Blizzard over the years that, that have left, but it's it, from from what I've seen, it it really hasn't been like a collective effort. It just happened over time, mm-hmm. and you know, like you said, Cap- Kaplan's been there like over 20 years. Um, you know, eventually you do want to move on. Uh, it does kind of suck because Overwatch is his baby, mm-hmm. but. You know, I'd imagine like you know, there, there, there's a, a lot of talented people there. I'm sure they'll be able to pass to, the, the torch there uh, um, successfully. Um, I do wonder if he'll end up uh, in Dreamhaven because a lot of um, Blizzard alumni ended up there. Yeah, because they, they formed that studio, so that should be interesting to take note of. But again, you know, 20 years in the industry, it's it's a long time. And keep yeah, in mind, so- this is game development, which itself is a very labor-intensive process. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, after doing that for twenty years, I'm pretty sure you'd be you'd be ready to hit the exit button after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like as far as like you know, just trying to reach for straws here, like you know, Blizzard ha- hasn't really been the same since the uh, Activision uh, mm-hmm. acquiring. But you know, uh, I'd hate to point out that as as the absolute reason. But um, aside from that, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he isn't retiring. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I think he's, he's taking a break and will eventually find a new home. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, they announced right. that Aaron Keller is going to be taking over as the, the current game director of Overwatch 2. Mm. Uh, he has been there since about 2003. 
Mm. Worked on World of Warcraft in those early days before moving over to Overwatch sometime mm. later. So yeah, he's uh, uh, a fairly big figure on that game as well as one of the sort of the original Blizzard members that worked on that game. Mm-hmm. So definitely still, you know, good people in charge of that. But at this point, it's kind of like, what is going on with that game? They announced, mm-hmm. you know, earlier it's like, ah, oh, this is not coming out this year. Don't, mm-hmm. don't get mixed up on that. Uh, same with Diablo Four. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, what? You kind of need these games to come out so you kind of have an idea of what this, you know, future form of Blizzard is looking like. What it's going to be. Well, keep uh, in mind, Blizzard. For... Go ahead. I was going to say, keep in mind, Blizzard has always been one of those companies where they've always said it's done when it's done. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, but when you've they got managed to like, do that, names leaving, you kind of yeah. don't know what to expect out of these projects until they actually come out. So it's like a lot of yeah. doom and gloom about this stuff. It's like you kind of need those games to come out so you know whether they're so worthy of your fandom or not, I guess. Mm-hmm. A uh, way to say it. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, continue, Brandon. I was going to say, um, that was, they were able to get away with that for so long because they literally kept putting out hit after hit. And, yeah. you know, without, pretty literally without fail. Um, like, literally from the first Warcraft onwards, they kept knocking it out of the park basically every time. Well, with the one exception being... Justice League Task Force, but we don't talk about that. Um, but, you know, after uh, after they got acquired by Activision, you know, the, the nature of the company has changed a great deal. So, you know, the, their image has changed, and that shit that went down with, uh, with uh, Hong Kong and the Chinese government a couple years ago, that, uh, really soured a lot of people on their image. So Yeah. But yeah, it's uh it's kind of the big issue of the way these departures kind of look to the community is that they don't really have an idea of what the the current crew is capable of yet. So they don't really have any way to react to this stuff other than being, you know, sad or whatever that their their favorite company is, you know. Mm-hmm dying in whatever kind of dramatic language they want to use. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. they're far from you that. Know, you mentioned it earlier, though. The whole thing with Blizztongue was the reason why I stopped playing Overwatch. I haven't touched, touched, touched it since. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if Overwatch 2 actually has the um, separate campaigns, like they, they, they're they rumored to be, you know, I, I definitely find myself coming back. But, you know, aside from that, I don't really have much of a reason to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind yeah. of... Uh, News, it's a bit sad to see, you know, a company uh, long-timer leave. But, you know, it's hard to get a grasp on how it affects the end product when it still seems to be quite a bit of ways away. Mm-hmm. And, of course, people want to have knee-jerk reactions now and not wait. So mm. that's kind of the only downside of these sort of announcements is like, well, what's the... What's this going to turn out like? Mm-hmm. It's like, who knows? You got to wait. Can't rush it or else you'll get a, a CD project red going there. Nobody wants that. Mm. 
except for the 13.7 million people that bought it. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But uh, I think that'll be it for the show this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a new slate of news next week, mm-hmm. as well as a new month. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we uh, get here into the last few weeks before whatever this weird form of E3 is. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we get some announcements so people can actually make arrangements for being available to watch that stuff. Maybe we'll do some streams or whatever. Uh, mm. But until we actually know things, we can't do anything about it. Mm. So, yeah. But uh, thank you to Brandon Denrib for joining this week. If yeah. you want to uh, recommend to friends to you know, listen to the show, mm-hmm. tell them to subscribe. We're on all the, all the things out there. And the if not, just... And if not, just yeah, yeah. And if we're not on there just yet, uh, wait a minute, we will be. Yeah, at some point, it should Mm -hmm. show up. Uh, I don't know what the the code is that makes that stuff appear when it's uh, uploaded via one platform and somehow propagates to others. Who knows how that works? It's Mm -hmm. that's the that's the code devil's work. Yeah, Uh, but for the time being. Let everybody have a good rest of the week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.